What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm gonna be going through my week 12 start sits at the running back position. We have Thanksgiving football, we have no bye weeks. So we have all 32 teams playing this week. So you know, some uh, stronger options than we typically have these past few weeks with like four, six, uh, you know, teams potentially on buy. As always, if you enjoy the content, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, breaking down every single week 12 matchup. And then I uh, talked about it in the waiver wire and trade target videos, but I'm going to be out of town for Thanksgiving, you know, spending some uh, solid time with my family. So aside from the uh, start sits, these are going to be the last videos I'm putting out this week. So unfortunately, no rankings videos um, and then like no injury videos. I will be back to the normal schedule next week, but uh, you know, just going to be taking the rest of the week off. Won't have an opportunity to record those. If you guys celebrate Thanksgiving, I hope you guys you know, are able to spend some time with your family, friends, whoever. Hope you guys just have a, a good Thanksgiving. And then uh, if you enjoy the content, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Also over on Underdog, they have a uh, cool tournament going on. I believe it's called the Turkey. It's $5 entry. First place takes home, I believe $20,000. And you're basically just picking uh, from the six teams playing on Thanksgiving, you know, potentially giving you a roster to cheer for during those games. So if you use code Quinn or the link in the description, they will uh, double your first deposit up to $100. So you could hop into a few of those, um, you know, give you players to root for during the Thanksgiving games. And then as always, they have the uh, pickums up already, you know, some of the uh, pickums up for that Thursday slate even the Sunday slate also. So now let's jump into the uh, first game of the week, the uh, early Thursday game, and we have the Bills taking on the Lions. For me here, I think we have two pretty clear starts. Devin Singletary has had a very solid workload over the last few weeks. It seems like they're you know always trying to replace him or minimize his workload. They go out, they draft James Cook, they trade for Naheem Hines, and he's still just hanging on to a lot of those opportunities. So I think you can continue to uh, comfortably start him for the Lions. I have uh, Jamal Williams here as a start, Swift and Justin Jackson as sits. So we saw Williams once again dominate the carries. He carried the ball 17 times, very strong workload there. We saw Justin Jackson have nine carries, DeAndre Swift with five. Obviously, this was a huge day from Jamal Williams having a three touchdown performance, getting a ton of those uh, goal line opportunities. And the concerning trend continues here with DeAndre Swift. He was outsnapped by Justin Jackson, 25 to 21. We did see Swift get into the end zone, which I guess like kind of saves his fantasy day, but you just can't be starting him with his current like five carry, three target workload. It's just not going to be happening. And it's not even like he's being used as this, uh, you know, great receiving option who has receiving upside. We saw Justin Jackson and DeAndre Swift both run the same number of routes at with uh, nine. And then Jamal Williams was just right behind them at seven. So really just an unstartable workload for Swift. And, you know, we're hearing stuff. Maybe he's healthy. Maybe he's still injured. The problem is until Swift logs a reasonable game with a solid workload, he will not even be close to starting my lineup moving forward. Obviously, unless, you know, you're in a desperation mode and he just needs to be started. But if you have other options, I'm not super interested in Swift at this point. Then in the second Thursday game, we have the Giants taking on the Cowboys. We have Saquon coming off of a uh, down game on Sunday. Not going to be super bothered by it. I'm going to continue to fire him up as a high-end running back one. For the Cowboys, I have both Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott listed as starts. Both these dudes coming off of big games. Tony Pollard really unlocking his receiving upside, which I think is great moving forward. 
Zeke's always going to have the uh, goal line opportunities there. He's going to have touchdown upside with a solid weekly workload on the ground. So I think both of these guys are comfortable starts moving forward, but I would definitely uh, prefer Tony Pollard in my lineup if I had a choice there. And then the uh, Thursday night game, final game of Thanksgiving, we have the Patriots taking on the Vikings. For the Patriots, I have uh, Ramondre Stevenson here as a start and then Damian Harris as a sit. And I do kind of just want to look at the uh, backfield usage for this Patriots offense. We saw Ramondre just dominate the uh, usage there. He had a 78% snap share, 76% route participation, which is great at the running back spot. He outcarried Damian Harris 15 to 8. He was incredibly inefficient with those uh, 15 carries, and Harris did look good in his opportunities on the ground, but still a great sign moving forward, especially if they you know really value him as a pass catcher. Even if they think Harris is the slightly better runner, um, you know, just having that ability to have him run routes will help him moving forward. He was targeted six times, caught all six of those for 56 yards. We also saw Ramondre take every single third down snap, every single short yardage snap, and every single two-minute drill snap. So very encouraging for Ramondre moving forward. And I do think he will be a uh, running back one moving forward, even with uh, Damian Harris healthy. Now for the Vikings, going to be firing up Dalvin Cook as a very strong start and then uh, sitting his handcuff, Alexander Madison. Now moving over to Sunday, we have the Broncos taking on the Panthers. And, you know, uh, with some recent events going on here, Latavius Murray is looking like a startable option moving forward. The uh, Broncos came out, released Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon and the Broncos relationship, you know, just seemed pretty rocky basically throughout the entire season. He's had his fumbling issues. You know, they bench him, then they make him the starter again. He's in a committee here with Latavius Murray, but he will no longer be playing for the Broncos. And it's interesting here because we saw Latavius Murray have a pretty solid performance on Sunday, and he was basically in a 50-50 split. He saw 32 snaps. Gordon saw 29. Chase Edmonds in there with only three. We saw Latavius Murray lead the team with 17 carries. But I feel like we're in a position here where even though it's probably going to be a gross backfield to watch and kind of monitor, I think there's a decent opportunity here that Latavius Murray could be sitting around a 70% opportunity share of this backfield, which is going to be startable for fantasy football, even if it is on a bad offense. So starting Latavius Murray, sitting Chase Edmonds. Now for the Panthers, I have Deonta Foreman listed as a fringe start, Chuba Hubbard as a sit. In a uh, pretty gross game with the Ravens, this turned into a pretty ugly three-man split here for the Panthers. We saw Chuba Hubbard uh, out on the field for 23 snaps, Deonta Foreman at 22, and then uh, Blackshear took 11 snaps. We saw Foreman lead this backfield with 11 carries, but you know another just gross aspect of this, all three running backs ran 11 routes, so it's not even like we have one running back getting a ton of the receiving work, just straight up split between those three options. Foreman's a weird option for fantasy because he has shown to have a decently high weekly ceiling, but his floor is just very, very low if the Panthers aren't able to kind of stay ahead of schedule and establish the run, because if the run game isn't working, Foreman's just going to be giving you nothing. So I think he's a fringe option here. Broncos don't have, you know, some sort of insane defense against the run. Definitely not super confident because he could rush for 100 yards and a touchdown, and he could also rush for 15 yards and give you like a 1.5 in your lineup. So a fringe option this week, 
sitting Chuba, who just hasn't had the workload, even though he is cutting into uh, Deonta Foreman's opportunities or, you know, just snaps on the field. In the next matchup, we have the Buccaneers taking on the Browns. So for the uh, Buccaneers, I actually have both Rashad White and Leonard Fournette listed as starts. I don't think I would typically have both of these guys as starts, but this is a really solid matchup against the Browns, who have been pretty brutal against uh, opposing fantasy running backs. I think we're going to see a pretty solid split here. Likely see Fournette get the uh, goal line opportunities. Rashad White probably more of the third down work. Even though I hate watching it as like a you know a viewer, a fan of uh, the NFL and just, you know, watching this Buccaneers offense, they continue to just pound the ball incredibly inefficiently. But if they're going to stick with the run here, I think it's going to give both of these guys enough opportunities to, you know, give you uh, some decent days for fantasy. We know Brady does like to uh, check down to the running backs. So I think both of these guys can be started. Very interested to see how this backfield is going to unfold over the next few weeks. For the Browns, continue to fire up Nick Chubb as a very strong start sitting Kareem Hunt, and we are one game away from uh, getting Deshaun Watson back, who I do think are just getting Deshaun Watson out there for the Browns period, and I do think he uh, could help Kareem Hunt moving forward, but Hunt just hasn't been a uh, you know serviceable option at this point in the season. Next matchup, we have the Ravens taking on the Jaguars. This Ravens backfield is pretty gross. We saw Gus Edwards, who basically was like a game-time decision, wasn't able to go, so then we have a uh, committee with Kenyon Drake and Justice Hill. If I were to kind of predict what I think is going to happen here, I feel like Gus Edwards is probably going to suit up here in week 12. He's probably going to be limited. And then we're just going to have a disgusting committee here once again. So I'm just going to be fading this uh, Ravens backfield until we see some things uh, sort themselves out and, you know, just see if one of these guys can kind of break away as the number one. I thought it would be Gus Edwards after J.K. Dobbins went down, but he can't stay healthy either. On the other side with the Jaguars, Pretty easy here, firing up Travis Etienne as a very high-end running back one. Then we have the Texans taking on the Dolphins. I know Damian Pierce has had uh, some struggles as of late. He's still someone I think is going to be a strong start moving forward. He is just going to have to deal with the uh, Texans just being a pretty abysmal offense to be a part of. On the other side with the Dolphins, as you guys know, I'm very high on Jeff Wilson moving forward. I still think he is very undervalued. The lead back for this Dolphins team is going to be a valuable position. I do think Raheem Mostert is pretty firmly behind him in terms of opportunities, but this is a great matchup here against the Texans, where I think we could see the uh, RB2 here, who's likely still going to be involved. I think Mostert could have a decent day here, potentially get into the end zone and give you a fringe startable production. Then we have the Bears taking on the Jets and a lot of moving parts here for the Bears. So we see Khalil Herbert go on IR. David Montgomery comes out, has a huge workload, a pretty solid day for fantasy. But now we have Justin Fields who is currently hurt. The way they described it was a, I believe a dislocated left shoulder. So not his throwing shoulder, but uh, they described him as day to day with the potential that it's season ending. At this point, I don't really know how to take that. I would have to believe that the Bears are probably going to want to rest him this week, maybe even uh, into week 13, because I do believe they have a week 14 bye. So I wouldn't be expecting Fields to be out there. And I could see two different pathways here for David Montgomery. On the positive side, I think David Montgomery could see an uptick in his receiving workload because he has been running a decent amount of routes. Fields is just not someone who's super prone to checking down. So I could see the uh, receiving workload going up. On the other hand, I mean, Justin Fields has kind of been putting this offense on his back. He gets a lot of hate, 
Don't really know the uh, reason for it. Obviously, he has made some, you know, not great plays, but the dude is carrying an offense with a bad offensive line and just abysmal weapons. So if now you're going to be bringing in a backup quarterback who doesn't have that rushing ability, like the offense could just look absolutely horrible, which obviously wouldn't be great for David Montgomery. So, you know, maybe a positive and a negative in there. Overall, I think it's probably a net negative moving forward, but I guess we'll have to wait and see here against the Jets. Now for the Jets, this is a backfield that I want to be avoiding here. I actually have all three of these guys as sits. And coming into this week, I don't believe I had them listed as uh, starts or fringe options, but I was basically expecting a uh, 50-50 backfield. That's what we saw before the bye between Michael Carter and James Robinson. Now we see what happened in week 11, and it was just not a good look for James Robinson. Like I said, trending towards 50-50, Robinson ended up being outsnapped by both Michael Carter and Ty Johnson. Ty Johnson was barely in the mix uh, in week 11, or sorry, week 10, I think they had to buy in week 11. But it also is not a great look for Carter either because this was still a full-on committee. And we saw Ty Johnson take every single third down snap. So even in a pretty decent matchup here against the Bears, this is just not a backfield I want to rely on with how bad Zach Wilson's looked. Like you're basically going to be banking on one of these guys getting into the end zone. And I don't want to be taking a 33% shot at, you know, trying to figure out what guy does get, you know, into the end zone. So a backfield that I'm going to be fading this week until one guy can really kind of take over. In the next game, we have the Bengals taking on the Titans. For the Bengals here, you can see I have Joe Mixon as a start, Samaj Piran as a sit. The way I'll put this is if Joe Mixon plays, he clears concussion protocol, he's good to go. He's a locked in start. If Mixon misses, then you throw in Samaj Piran with a ton of confidence in there as probably a high-end running back two, maybe even an RB1, honestly, if he's just going to fill in and get that mix and workload. For the Titans, obviously you're starting Derrick Henry, and then I'm going to be sitting at Dontrell Hilliard. Then we have the Falcons taking on the Commanders. Now for the Falcons here, I have expected some uh, bigger things out of Cordero Patterson. He had the solid game in his first game back off of IR, but it was kind of carried by two touchdowns. This is still a pretty decent split between Patterson and Algier. Patterson had 10 carries to Algiers eight, and then they both ran 10 routes. Right now I have Patterson as a fringe, Algier as a sit. And you may be wondering like, why aren't they both the same thing if they have had this very similar workload? And the way that I look at it is I do think Patterson has like a, at least a chance here to kind of grow on his role where I feel like it seems pretty unlikely that Algier is gonna start, you know, taking into Patterson's workload. So I think we could see Patterson take a bump up but I'm not going to pretend like I'm overly confident in Patterson this week, which is why I have him here as a fringe play. On the other side with the commanders, things are looking pretty solid here for Antonio Gibson. I have him as a start. He had a 68% snap share this past week, 71% route participation, which is very strong. He outcarried Brian Robinson 18 to 15. And then this is a pretty strong matchup here against the Falcons. Uh, for opposing fantasy running backs. On the other side with Brian Robinson, it's just going to be tough for me to trust him in my lineup when he has zero receiving upside. His weekly floor is very, very low if he is not catching any passes. And this isn't even a spot where Brian Robinson is like guaranteed the goal line carries. Like it easily could go to Antonio Gibson. 
So for me, this is just not a role I want to be banking on. It's totally possible that he goes out, rushes for like 80 yards and a touchdown, but I feel like that's pretty close to his ceiling, and that's just not something I want to be chasing. Next up, we have the Chargers taking on the Cardinals. For me, these are uh, two guys who are clear starts, in my opinion, starting Austin Eckler and then starting James Conner in the Raiders-Seahawks matchup. Same thing here, like we're obviously firing up Josh Jacobs, and we are obviously firing up uh, Kenneth Walker for the Seahawks. Then in a little bit of a grosser matchup here for the running backs, we have the Rams traveling to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. For the Rams, I mean, this backfield just kind of switches up every single week. We've seen previously Daryl Henderson have a pretty strong role. Now we saw Cam Akers come out, have a solid role on the ground. And then uh, Kyron Williams was the guy running all the routes out of that backfield. Just want to continue to fade this group, sitting Akers, sitting Kyron Williams. For the Chiefs, I have Isaiah Pacheco as a fringe option, Jarek McKinnon as a sit. We saw him have a very solid uh, role on the ground. CEH banged up. I think he's going to have a strong week-to-week workload. Uh, Obviously not going to be super involved as a pass catcher, but he's going to have some red zone opportunities, obviously a high-scoring offense. I think Pacheco is like a running back three flex option this week. Then we have the Saints taking on the 49ers. For the Saints, Alvin Kamara definitely, you know, had some uh, down games as of late. Still someone we have to be firing up. And then for the 49ers, honestly, watching the uh, 49ers on Monday Night Football, that's just a fun offense to watch when they're clicking. I feel like that was almost like the perfect game where you see every fantasy relevant guy getting super involved. Like Jimmy had a big day at the quarterback position, Kittle big day, Ayuk big day, Debo strong performance, McCaffrey, I guess, was like the odd man out not getting into the end zone, but still a ton of yards from scrimmage. So just a fun offense to watch. I think if you're trying to chase the McCaffrey ceiling, it's probably not great that you have Mitchell coming in there getting a lot of carries, but I truly feel like long-term, like McCaffrey's not going to be getting banged up. If you're going to be giving that dude eight, nine targets a game and not running him up the middle 20 times, I'm personally fine with that. I still think he can give you high-end running back one production with that workload. I also think in closer games, they're probably going to be relying on him a little bit more. And like the amount of touchdowns they scored and not one went to McCaffrey, like at this point, like that's just bad luck. I still love McCaffrey moving forward as a high-end running back one and going to be sitting Elijah Mitchell. He just doesn't have a ton of upside with that workload, you know, just getting work on the ground. Next game is between the uh, Packers and the Eagles. believe this is uh, Sunday night football for the uh, Packers firing up Aaron Jones as a very strong start sitting A.J. Dillon. And then for the Eagles, we've seen Sanders have some down games. He's fallen into a little bit of an unfortunate spot where he's just dependent on getting into the end zone because his receiving workload has just been non-existent. So I still think he's someone you start the RB1 on a good offense. They've you know struggled as of late the past two weeks, but I still think this is going to be a high-scoring unit, someone that I do still trust as a uh, strong RB2 play. And then Monday Night Football, Steelers taking on the Colts. With Jalen Warren going down, I mean, this was great news for Najee Harris. Obviously, you don't want to see injuries, but this had kind of fallen into a 60-40-ish split on a not great offense. So Najee Harris was definitely kind of struggling basically throughout the entire season. If Jalen Warren is, you know, out or limited, Najee Harris becomes a very, very strong start moving forward. His last two games have definitely been his best two performances, especially on the ground potentially getting more healthy from that Liz Frank injury. So if you're a Najee Harris owner, I feel like you have to be feeling pretty good about you know his uh, rest of season outlook. And then the final team, uh, the Colts, 
Obviously, we're firing up Jonathan Taylor here. You know, no drama with that one. High-end running back one rest of season. So that is going to wrap it up for every single week 12 running back. Good to see no bye weeks. You know, uh, makes it a lot easier to fill a solid lineup for fantasy. Like I said, uh, no other videos rest of the week besides the start sits. Hope you guys have a uh, great Thanksgiving. Underdog Fantasy Football, link in the description if you guys are interested. But thank you again, and I will see you in the next one.